views expressed in this program are those of the participants. Don't be frightened. Stand up, let me look at you. Comply. You're one of the machine people. You're trying to hurt us. That's the last thing I want to do. I'm here to help you. All of you. They said you wanted to... Assemble. Assimilate you. Yes. That's nothing to be afraid of. You like having friends, don't you? Assimilation turns us all into friends. In fact, it brings us so close together we can hear each other's thoughts. Is that fun? Yes. It's fun. Welcome everyone. It is Thursday, January 21st, 2021. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be Yes, there's a revolution going on in America as I speak, and about which we'll have much to say over the coming weeks ahead. But right now we're in the middle of our own piece of that same revolution here in the province of Ontario. Once again, Premier Doug Ford is demonstrating his incompetence as a leader, exposing his fascist philosophy, and exhibiting a complete disregard and contempt for anyone who disagrees with him, which includes former members of his own government. We'll tell you all about it right after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org, hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave, follow and like us on your favorite podcast platform, and visit us at www.justrightmedia.org, where you can access all of Just Right's social media links and our archived broadcasts. As always, your financial support is appreciated and is what makes this show possible. Well, apparently we must all be assimilated into a single thought pattern on the issue of COVID-19 and the lockdowns. This from the London Free Press, Saturday, January 16th. The headline reads, Ford boots MPP against lockdown. Toronto political Roman Baber slammed by Premier for misinformation. Written by Sean Jeffords of the Canadian Press, and I quote, Toronto, Premier Doug Ford ousted a member of his government from the caucus on Friday after the politician voiced his opposition to the lockdowns. In accusing legislator Roman Baber of spreading misinformation about the pandemic, Ford also barred him from running for the Progressive Conservatives in the 2022 election. The move came just hours after Baber, who represents a Toronto riding, issued a public letter calling on Ford to end an ongoing provincial lockdown. Ford said he's following the advice of experts, including the provincial chief medical officer of health, who has recommended lockdowns to control the virus's spread. Earlier this week, Ford imposed a second state of emergency and a stay-at-home order in an effort to fight rising rates of COVID-19. On Friday, Health Minister Christine Elliott's office released a fact check 
of Baber's letter. That statement disputed claims Baber made about deaths due to COVID-19 and hospital capacity and corrected a spelling error. Minimizing the risks and impact of COVID-19 is reckless and irresponsible, Elliott's office said in a statement. The CEO of the Canadian Mental Health Association's Ontario Division said Friday, Baber had mischaracterized the organization's research in his letter. Camille Quinterville said that the association supports the lockdown measures. Baber said he made his letter public because he thinks a fair conversation about public health restrictions needs to take place. NDP leader Andrea Horwath said kicking Baber out of the government is purely symbolic unless Ford ensured that he didn't listen to those who share Baber's views, end quote. Well, of course, Andrea Horwath, she represents an evil ideology of collectivism, the one that Ford is currently following as he simultaneously condemns Baber for being ideological. What a joke. Horwath is a leftist, completely intolerant of any views that do not agree with hers, for the simple and eternal reason that the left cannot and never will survive any rational reality-based or reason-based debate. They can't, because everything they believe in is irrational. It's nutty. Imagine the immorality of someone who demands it forward ensure he doesn't listen to those who share Baber's views, which of course would include us. Got this letter from our inside hospital informer, I guess you could call Anon, from a Toronto hospital working on the front lines in the ICU and emergency departments. Quote, did you guys see Roman Baber's letter? I agree 100%. Kicked out of caucus for giving and citing the well-sourced truth. What a disgrace. It causes me great distress that right now, as a registered nurse in Ontario, I face literal political persecution. To publicly denounce masks, lockdowns, and all of the other unproven public health measures, I can be investigated by the college or fired from my job. The only thing protecting me right now is likely that I nuked my entire social media presence years ago. It is not hyperbolic for me to say that we face a profound political existential crisis right now. I never thought I would live to experience this. There is no option but to fight this. I'm not prepared to be a martyr, but at the same time, the insanity only persists because of this very fear. End quote. Well, yes, this is a profound existential political crisis, one inextricably intertwined with what's going on throughout Western nations and what's going on in the United States right now. Which is why what we're really seeing is a globalist agenda being put into action. An agenda for which Ford, knowingly or in ignorance, has led the charge in Ontario. He has continued to force us to deal with the distraction of a flu pandemic that no objective evidence supports, including that of his own government. And yes, we did see Baber's letter, which was dated January 15th, and I have a copy of that two-page letter in my hands right now, from which I shall read the following highlights. Dear Premier Ford, re, the lockdown is deadlier than COVID. The medicine is killing the patient. Ontario's hospital and ICU capacity are better than in the last three years. The lockdown isn't working. It's causing an avalanche of suicides, overdoses, bankruptcies, divorces, and takes an immense toll on our children. He goes on into some of the details of that toll. And then he adds, COVID is real, but the fear of COVID is exaggerated. While every death is tragic, after 10 months, we learned that COVID is not nearly as deadly as thought. It has a 99.98% infection survival rate. 
And then he gets into all the rates, and he points out the hospital and ICU capacity in a chart, which he gets from the government's own information, where in December of 2017, our hospitals were running at 94.5% capacity, whereas right now, and in December of last year, they're down to 84 and 87% respectively. Way down from what they are in a non-pandemic year. He continues, the lack of capacity is created artificially by rationing healthcare resources in response to modeling by the command table, except that the table's modeling is almost always wrong. Ontarians are needlessly denied care and surgeries. And you know, this is exactly the process that Anon has been describing to us since the beginning of this pandemic way back in February and March. The lockdown is having catastrophic effects on Ontario's children. Constituents tell me that their children developed anxiety. We are scaring children even though they are 100% safe. The government should also follow sick kids' advice against masking kids at school. The crisis is in long-term care homes, not in schools. Premier, we should stop scaring children. This generation of kids will grow up with an anxiety disorder and will be afraid of normal life. Kids need to be kids again, back in school with their friends. They should not believe that coming close to another child may result in someone's death. It is false and unwarranted. And as his proposed exit strategy, one, end the lockdown and let Ontarians go back to normal life. That's the best thing for their health. Two, focus on long-term care instead of imprisoning 15 million Ontarians. With vaccination of all the long-term care residents in Ontario's red zones by January 21, there's much less justification for the lockdown. Three, build additional hospital capacity such as the facility at Joseph Brandt and train ICU nurses. Four, restore health care by ending emergency protocols except in long-term care. Ontarians need their health care back. 5. End the spread of fear and panic. It's unjustified and causes considerable stress, especially on children. The lockdowns aren't working. They are killing lives instead of saving lives. I plead with you to accept this reality and end the lockdown. I wrote this letter with my greatest respect to you and our colleagues, yours very truly, Roman Baber, MPP, end quote. Now, of course, Doug Ford did react to this letter, but I will for the moment leave that part of the story to the rebel media's Ezra Levant, who on this side of our upcoming bumper will give us his take on the whole issue, while on the return side of the bumper, we'll be hearing a voice new to our show, Ontario Dr. Amanda Bomer, a professional holistic practitioner whose reaction to Ford's announcement and to the ongoing pandemic mirrors that of an increasing number of people But unfortunately, clearly not enough of them yet. But first, here's Ezra from his January 15 commentary. Hey everybody, how you doing? Ezra Levant here. It's January 15th, um, 15 days into 2021, which will undoubtedly be worse than 2020. If you think for some reason, just because it's a new, just because like the the calendar flipped over, it would be like the clock going from midnight to 12.01, that miraculously things would be washed clean. My friends, you were dead wrong. Uh, Things will be worse. And as the emperor has no clothes and more and more people say, hey, the emperor has no clothes. Um, To quote the, um, the meme, the beatings will continue until the morale improves. As in, the weaker the case for the lockdowns, the more vicious the lockdowns will be, the more punitive they will be. And I say that 
uh, because in Ontario we had a very interesting turn of events. Uh, Ontario, of course, Canada's largest province, about 14.5 million people. Biggest city, Toronto, which I think is the fourth largest city in North America, if you go by metropolitan area. So it's a big place. Has uh, terrible lockdowns. Restaurants are closed. Schools are closed. Churches are either closed or limited. Um, oh, big box stores, though, have at her. Yeah, because they're able to lobby uh, for that. Outdoor hockey rinks closed. Toboggan hills closed. Unless you're a professional sports team in which there's an exemption for you because reasons. So the most obvious thing is that, again, another meme, uh, the a definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So the first lockdown didn't work, so we had a second lockdown, and second lockdown didn't work, so let's have a third lockdown, fourth lockdown, and of course they must become more and more brutal because uh, you, have to, you have to keep people in that state of fear, that state of panic. One MPP out here, they call them members of the provincial parliament, he wrote a letter to the premier, very respectful, in which he said, hey boss, I don't think the lockdown's working, and more to the point, I don't think the lockdown's needed. Here's some science. And then very carefully, very thoughtfully, and I think very friendly, Roman Baber outlines why there really is an overreaction. Um, in two pages, he marshals the facts and arguments very well. And there's a lot of footnotes in his letter. I read his letter and I thought, Wow. I mean, I agree with it, but I found it very persuasive, and I would have to think that for someone who is coming to this situation with fresh eyes, this may be the first time they've heard these facts, but it's, it's going to leave a dent. Now, I have to say, I wish I wrote that letter. It's so concise, so persuasive, so well documented. I think the killer, I shouldn't use the word killer, I think the most persuasive part is that hospitals are actually not overcrowded. That was the whole excuse for things. They're less crowded than they've been in five years. And I think the letter was written firmly but friendly. What do you think? Well, let me read to you what dopey Doug Ford said. Here's Doug Ford in reply. Did he refute anything, rebut anything? Effective immediately, Mr. Baber will no longer be sitting as a member of the PC caucus and will not be permitted to seek re-election as a PC member. Oh, um, so you got nothing to say about his meticulous, well-researched, well-documented argument? You're just really mad. I am the first to recognize that COVID-19 has had a devastating impact on people. However, as Premier, my number one priority is the health and safety of all Ontarians. Well, well that was Robin Baber's point, too, is you're actually freaking out the kids. You're destroying lives by nuking regular health care. You're causing new ailments from alcoholism to suicide. We must respect the advice and recommendations of public health officials. Really? Why must we when they're getting it wrong and have got it wrong every time since? Mr. Baber's comments are irresponsible. Really? They, sent, they actually felt extremely responsible. And do you... Oh, here's the killer. By spreading misinformation... Okay, can, can you tell me what he got wrong? Because 
Most of his sources there were either the Centers for Disease Control, America's leading health agency, or the Ministry of Health in Ontario. So what misinformation did he have there? He is undermining the tireless efforts of our frontline healthcare workers. Oh yes, the that one hospital boss who took five vacations last year. Rod Phillips, who went to St. Bart's. I'll get back to Rod Phillips in a moment. He is putting people at risk. So Roman Baber is putting people at risk. I will not jeopardize a single Ontarian's life by ignoring public health advice. No, that's, that's technically correct. You will jeopardize thousands of Ontario lives, won't you? There is no room for political ideology in our fight against COVID-19. What are you talking about? What political idea? I didn't hear a word about political ideology. I heard a lot of statistics, you buffoon. Rather, our response has been and will always be driven by evidence and data. Well, yeah, no, as Roman Baber pointed out, your modeling table, command table, public health deep state has got it wrong every time. Furthermore, Mr. Baber has put himself ahead of the PC caucus team who have worked around the clock for months. Stop lying. Rod Phillips went to St. Bart's, the wealthiest island getaway in the West Indies. We've been working around the clock for months to support and protect the people of Ontario through this public health crisis. No, you haven't. I continue to urge all Ontarians to stay home. To stop the spread of COVID-19, we have bent the curve before. Working together, we will do it again. What do you mean bent the curve? What, what are you talking about? What, what is even, like, are you, like, it's just stupid slogans. He didn't respond to a single fact or argument. What an idiot. You know, I always thought when Rob Ford was the mayor of Ontario, and Rob was always in trouble, I thought, always thought, well, Doug Ford is the more grown-up one, the more serious one. I regret being so wrong. Rob Ford was not only the smarter one, he was the more ethical one. I'm deeply embarrassed for the oafish Premier of Ontario and his uh, vitriolic reply to the most thoughtful letter I've seen about uh, COVID-19 published in Canada. So here's what Roman Baber said in reply. I was removed from the Ontario PC Party Caucus. It's a regretful decision since many colleagues agree with me, including F Rob F uh, Doug Ford in large part. I don't regret speaking out for millions of lives and livelihoods decimated by public health. I serve the public. And then look at his second one. The lockdown is grounded in false public health narrative, poor planning, and bad data. While Doug only cares about re-election, lockdowns are killing more than saving. I couldn't watch the suffering anymore. I hope I encouraged other professionals to speak out. Now click on that photo. So that's a school and children are being treated like freaks and being taught to think of themselves as freaks and taught to think of other children as danger. You are screwing up an entire generation of children. History will prove that Roman Baber was right.
Hey everyone, Amanda Vollmer here from Yum Naturals Emporium, Yummy.Doctor, and author of Healing with DMSO. I'm a professional holistic practitioner based out of Canada. Communist Canada seems to be because our good old Dougie Ford here in Ontario has just moved the goalpost again, as cult leaders will do, for another 28-day lockdown restriction where you're supposed to stay home. <laughs> stay home, stay safe, stay home, stay safe. Oh, man, are we tired of this yet? Are people finally cluing in that this is a lie? I don't know. I'm worried for Canada because most of these idiots are just still eating it up like the best cake they've ever tasted. And what I've noticed about Canadians is how bloody spineless they are. So not only stupid, but have no backbone whatsoever. So I got a fine for opening my store during whatever they pretend thing they were making up. Um, so I got this fine here, okay, this ticket. So what you do, this is from Ken Cousins, and this is actually a technique you can use for all Commonwealth countries. So basically, this is not something you need to accept because it's a bunch of crap. So don't take it seriously. Um, go drive whenever you want. If there's like a time restriction, do whatever you want. Be free. Accept the fact that this is a hoax and that you have to free yourself. Okay. I've got lots of information already. All the evidence is out there. The statistics are showing very clearly. There is no, there's nothing. There are no big deaths. Nothing is going on. This is your normal regular flu that has been remarketed into some fakery, a bunch of crap in order to destroy your life. And you're accepting that you're fine with that. What is wrong with you people? Oh my God. I am so disappointed in humanity right now. I can't even speak because it'll all be swear words. I am extremely disgruntled and dissatisfied uh, and, and, and outraged at humanity that they actually will go along with this. How lost can you get? Well, you're accepting your own demise. I guess you hate yourselves. I guess that's must be the problem. There's no self-love. They just hate themselves. They want to destroy themselves because that's what's happening. That's what's coming. They're going to keep doing this. And people actually think that if you just comply, they're going to, and the vaccine's going to save you and they're going to, they're going to just stop and you'll go back to normal. Are you crazy? This is not what's happening. Give your head a shake, man. None of these scammy, lying, scum of the earth politicians, CDC, FDA, all these liars and, and compliers to this scam that hope will, I hope will rot in f***ing hell. All those will never tell you that the flu this year, which they've repackaged as this fake pandemic, is just a specific respiratory release and you get into severe vitamin D and zinc deficiency. Take that and some vitamin C or topical magnesium and you'll be fine. It's not contagious either. <laughs> okay? There's no virus. The PCR test is a fraud. This is a scam. Okay? I don't know how more clearly I can say it. All right. The evidence is on our side. They follow the religion of scientism, where they make up their own little story and they play act in it like a made-for-TV movie that they just, like a soap opera they decided to play in. That's what they do these lunatics. So this is what you've got to understand. These people are not right in the head. Get clear about the facts. Look at the evidence. Hear the stories that they're trying to censor. They are censoring our truth. 
This is a Google takeover, an AI takeover. These, these conglomerates have been using monopolies, been doing all kinds of illegal practices to take us over, okay? This is what this is. Don't be a sheep and don't be a guinea pig for this vaccine. Say no to everything and share all the vaccine death and damage stories because they're coming out by the zillions, okay? Easy to find. Search. Everyone has the power to help. Share the information. Don't be afraid. Be bold. This is what we need now. You want me to tell you what to do? I just did. I just did. Share it everywhere. Do not let the censorship win. Do not let these creatures take us down. Have a great day. We'll be hearing the voices of some of the lost people to which Dr. Bomer has referred a bit later in the show. But I should point out that the major point of her post was to describe how to get out of paying any tickets that you might get for COVID-19, a process that she said was valid in all Commonwealth countries, but about which I am personally not in any position to judge. And apparently the process involves writing the word rescission in black ink on the ticket, and then write the date of the ticket in red ink, and sign it in blue ink. But do not use the signature space provided on the ticket. Put it in your own spot. Make copies. Send it to multiple parties. She explains the whole process. It's all about contract law and sounded very similar to the approach taken by Calgary's mayor-elect Kevin Johnson, who gets into the nuances of this contract law in detail. But that's not where I wanted to go today. I just wanted to capture her reaction to the whole shutdown. It's remarkable, too, how Ezra Levant's reactions to Ford's statement so mirrored my own. <laughs> I, was, I was actually surprised. And you know that photo where he described children being taught to think of themselves as freaks? You know, it showed a picture of kids in a school class all sitting on the floor, far apart from each other with lines drawn all around them, over which apparently they could not step. I mean, this was a disgusting form of child abuse. I would never make my child sit in a situation like that all day long. I can't, I can't imagine the kind of people that would do that. The people who are running our schools and our government are complete monsters in every sense of the word, and yet so many people love them. And while I liked and agreed with the vast majority of Roman Baber's proposed exit strategy, I wasn't very comfortable with any talk of vaccinations of all long-term care residents in Ontario's red zones. I think these are the last people in line who should be given this vaccine. I don't even want to call it a vaccine. This vaccine is no road to any kind of salvation, and they're telling us this. Listen, the vaccines will not end any lockdowns. They will not end any of the COVID-19 measures, including having to wear masks, to social distance, and to otherwise accept fascism in every aspect of your life. That's the plan, with or without vaccines. Our own governments and politicians are telling us this, and yet still people say they're eagerly awaiting the vaccines in the hope that they can get their lives back to normal. This is sheer effing crazy, as Dr. Bomer observed. Then, of course, there's Doug Ford's actual statement, in response to Baber's letter, which Ezra Levant already adequately covered, and in response to which, by the way, Paul McKeever tweeted, quote, In my capacity as leader of the Freedom Party of Ontario, which has consistently opposed the at-forward nation coronavirus policies, I want to thank not only the most recently mistreated MPP, Roman Baber, but also Randy Hillier and Belinda Cariolis, PC, for speaking out at personal cost, end quote. 
And of course, right away, Randy Hillier liked that tweet. Now, this puts me in an odd situation, because, you know, Doug Ford has now expelled three members of his government due to their questioning the wisdom of his government's lockdown mandates. Randy Hillier, Belinda Cariolis, and now Roman Baber. And in calling Mr. Baber's comments irresponsible, and by accusing him of spreading misinformation, Ford has also, by implication, declared the Freedom Party of Ontario, of which I am president and a founding member, to be guilty of the same things. And in response, I'm now compelled to inform him that it is he who is being irresponsible, and it is he and his government and advisors who are spreading misinformation. They know this. They are clearly aware of this, since they have demonstrated repeatedly that they cannot even tolerate an open discussion on a mere matter of statistics, for heaven's sakes. And it's utterly hypocritical for Ford to suggest that there's no room for political ideology in our fight against COVID-19 when his entire approach to the COVID-19 fraud has been ideological from the beginning. And Ford's ideology is clear. Fascism. That's an ideology, Mr. Ford. But to what ideology was he referring when he talked about Baber, who never once mentioned any political philosophy? How does the mere questioning of statistics and suggesting a more focused approach to the COVID-19 pandemic constitute some kind of political ideology that would hinder any fight against COVID-19? Ford's statements were irrational, and so are his advisors and his entire government. Ford should be made aware that Mr. Baber's quote-unquote misinformation is fully consistent with the real information that Freedom Party has been making public, consistent with everything we've been saying on this show for months, and which is information which Freedom Party, an officially registered Ontario party, intends to use heading into the next Ontario election. So what's he going to do then? ban an officially registered political party from running in an election on the grounds that it is spreading misinformation? Really? Especially when that will be the biggest issue going out in the next Ontario election, expected in June 2022? I can hardly wait to find out. Ford knows very well that any ideology underlying Baber's comments would be called freedom. And it is to this ideology that he and all the other parties sitting in the Ontario legislature are explicitly opposed. In stark contrast to Freedom Party's assertion that the purpose of government is to protect individual freedom of choice and not to restrict it, all of the other parties believe that the purpose of government is to restrict individual choice and not to protect it. I have yet, in my 40-year-plus history of being a political observer and participant, ever to see a single exception to this rule. Not a one. And that is why we are where we are today and why 2021 will be worse than 2020 as long as these realities prevail. And then 2022 will be worse and on and on and goes deeper into the well and hell of socialism. And on the topic of the COVID fraud, I am proud to say that I got my first Facebook fact check censorship reaction this week on my own personal Facebook account, which I so very rarely use other than to duplicate the posts made by Just Right Media. 
But after having viewed Dr. Simone Gold of America's Frontline Doctors in an excellent presentation on COVID-19 and the inherent risk of vaccines, I posted a link to her presentation only to find a few days later that the picture accompanying the link was covered up with a notice that read, False Information, Checked by Independent Fact Checkers. Quote, False information found in your post. Science feedback. Fact check. No evidence that COVID-19 vaccines cause more severe disease. Antibody-dependent enhancement has not been observed in clinical trials. End quote. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember anybody talking about that in the video that I linked to because that wasn't even the point. But to which I replied, No evidence that Facebook ever tolerates truth or facts. Plenty of evidence that Facebook spreads lies and misinformation. By the way, there's no such thing as an independent fact checker. (laughs) That's a fiction. Independent of whom or what? Certainly not independent of Facebook. And it's not possible to know the unknown or report no evidence as a fact. In fact, pardon the pun, all that's saying there is no evidence of, quote-unquote, all that admits to is ignorance of the fact checker. I mean, anything a fact checker would be ignorant of would be a fact for which he has no evidence. Nespa? <laughs> I mean, what is the name of this independent fact checker and what are his or her credentials? We already know this is a scam. Facebook censorship is the proof that Facebook is the organization spreading the misinformation. The COVID vaccines aren't even a vaccine and don't do anything that a vaccine's supposed to do, like prevent people from getting COVID, from spreading COVID, or dying from the condition that they're being vaccinated against. And coming up next, I just had to share this exchange between Roman Baber and Alan Carter, who hosts a radio show in Toronto on 640 AM radio. And he interviewed Baber on the 15th of January. And here's how that exchange played out. Into this fray comes a new message from now a former member of the progressive conservative government, booted from caucus for a letter sent to the premier today. I'd like to welcome to the program the MPP for York Centre, Roman Bobber. Welcome. Good afternoon, and thank you for having me. And here's the question I begin with. Why was it important for you to send this letter to Doug Ford? What do you want the Premier to do? Look, um, I did. I wanted to offer a perspective that I hear from a lot of constituents and is supported by the data, and that is that the lockdown is deadlier than COVID. But the lockdown may be actually causing much more harm than good. Suicides overdoses, bankruptcies, divorces, and it also takes an immense mental health toll on our children. So it's important that we have a fair conversation, not just about the risk of the virus, but also the health, mental health, and the social and economic effects of the lockdown. I will point out that much, if not all, of the facts that you cite in your letter have been absolutely discounted. For example, your assertion of a surgeon and suicides, that is not true. Your assertion that ICUs are better off than they were prior to the pandemic, that is not true. The Ministry of the Health, the Minister of Health, the Deputy Premier of this province, has asked you to apologize to the people of this province. Your reaction to that? Right now, there is a building full of bureaucrats and politicians looking to nitpick and discredit me on the basis of putting a percentage mark as a typo. However, I hear of so many issues these days in my community 
that prompted me to write this letter. I heard of a number of examples of missed late or late cancer diagnoses. Many folks tell me that their kids are very depressed and anxious. I hear from a lot of friends and constituents uh, of folks contemplating suicide or self-harming, loved ones who cannot mourn a passing of a loved one or visit their place of rest. Uh, social isolation is harming people. I'm showing uh, an infection fatality rate. They're showing uh, a case fatality rate. They're, they're showing... Let, let if, I, if, I may, if, if I may very quickly, uh, they're, they're leeching on to a typo, even though I clearly say that it's a rate and not a percentage. It is they, not only the typo, and you know this to be the fact, the truth. There are, if, there are inaccuracies in your statement. There are misleading information. Do you not owe an apology to the people of the province of Ontario for what you put out today? No, sir. The government owns an apology for ruining the lives of millions of Ontarians and discounting the dozens and dozens of doctors that are begging them to take a holistic approach to the COVID situation and present a public health narrative. And so the government may try and discount me and, and discredit me, but uh, they aggregate the CFR by all ages. That's a fail. I say Ontario capacity. They say Toronto capacity. I'm right on overdose. We're quoting the same articles. The fact that they're nitpicking at minute numbers is the disrespectful act. The fact that the Canadian Mental Health Association says that we have 10% of adults uh, in this country that, that are... That same association, sir, that. has said that it was irresponsible and they are disappointed with what you had to say by what you quoted from them. The Mental Health Association confirmed these numbers for me a couple of days ago by a Zoom call. That the rate of folks contemplating suicide for people 19 to 35 is 20%. It's contained in their own report of September, 2020. I think that what's happening here is we have groupthink that's scaring people into speaking about the issue. We let, should let me ask, let me ask you talk this. about things let me that are happening this. beyond COVID. Yes, COVID is a very difficult situation, but we need to consider the mental health effects of COVID, and these have been discounted. I hear from parents every day that their kids develop anxiety. No one is discounting the mental health. Let me play this for you. This is Adelstein Brown talking about what is happening in ICUs in this province. This was from the modeling information that we learned on Tuesday. More than half of our intensive care units in Ontario are full or have only one or two beds left. 40% of our long-term care homes are an outbreak. The pandemic will have serious consequences for our health in every region of Ontario. That is Dr. Adelstein Brown. I am speaking with Roman Barber, who has been recently, just this morning, removed from the PC caucus for calling for an end to lockdown measures. Do you disagree with the doctor? Absolutely. According to the very numbers that the ministry produced for me in the last week, our ICU capacity as of today, province-wide, is better than it has been over the last four years. Are you trained as an epidemiologist? I'm just wondering what your background would be that would lead you to believe that you could interpret the numbers better than Dr. Brown. I can read numbers presented to me on a piece of paper. In December 2017, our ICU... But you had, just to be clear, you have no medical training, you have no medical background, do you have background in statistics, do you... 
What what background? I'm a commercial. I'm a, I'm a former commercial and civil litigator, and I enjoy numbers. I have cross-examined um, dozens of doctors, and have cross-examined dozens of accountants. Um, I can read numbers that are presented to me on a piece of paper if I may share them with you. In December 2017, our average ICU occupancy was 86%. In 2018, it was 91%. In 2019, it was 83%. In 2020, last month, it was 80%, lower than in the prior three years. And in 20 and, and this week, in, in the former seven days, we're at 81%. That is better than it has been in the prior three years. I have no interest in misrepresenting it. What you see happening is you have a different factoring of healthcare capacity because of COVID restrictions. What you in fact have is you have COVID protocols that are rationing healthcare, taking beds off the table, taking patients, taking um, doctors and nurses off the field in anticipation of COVID response. On September 30th, Dr. Brown released uh, our fault preparedness modeling. The mo- let, let me just read this finish. The modeling by Dr. Brown turns out to be aggressive time after time. And it's on the basis of this modeling that we're making extraordinary healthcare decisions that make us cancel surgeries and, and important procedures and, and not screen for cancer. So what we see happening is not an overwhelmed system. What we see happening is a poorly planned system we have 388 ICU patients in the province today in ICU. Sir Popper, That's about please, one patient per please, hospital. Sir, I cannot allow you to continue to spread this kind of misinformation on the airwaves. It is not true. How is it that you can come to these conclusions when we know what is happening? I, do you dispute the death numbers? We had another no. 50 people day, died died in the last 24 hours the number is over 100 it is significant the icu numbers are the icus are are filling up i can read this for you for example i'm i just referenced it this is the canadian mental health association reacting to your letter saying we unequivocally support provincial lockdown measures Uh, sadly the mpp has mischaracterized our research how do you respond to that sir if you're accusing me of misinformation, why not just look at the provincial numbers? There are 388 ICU patients in the COVID patients in the province of Ontario today. That's roughly one patient per Ontario hospital. Why is that misinformation? What it is is poor planning. It's an inability to plan and move folks effectively. Again, one of the reasons I've issued this letter is I had a constituent reach out to me two days ago who said that his mom had a heart surgery scheduled a couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago to change, to change a valve. And it was canceled because they were worried that they couldn't guarantee her a bed. But the only reason they couldn't guarantee her a bed is because they're rationing beds. Well, they're rationing beds because there is a surge in COVID cases and that is showing up in the hospitals and that leads the rationing us beds to in the response issue to COVID modeling. Hand, if I may, the rationing beds called, in response to COVID sir, modeling. For which, the lockdown to be eased, you have called for the measures that are in place to be removed. And is that, in the end, not irresponsible? No, sir. The problem is largely contained to group homes 
long-term care and retirement homes. And that's where we need to focus our attention. No, no one disagrees but, with but, any of these things, but let's so, talk so about if, so I, so but let's talk about the lockdown measures that you seem to oppose. The fact that pe- you know the stores are closed, that we are trying to limit the number of contacts people have because contacts is what spreads this disease. Healthy people are not causing this. This is happening inside our group homes and our retirement homes, and that is where 80% of this problem is uh, focused. But to say that we need to lock down, that we need to imprison 15 million Ontarians when 80% of the deaths are in group homes, that just doesn't sound right. But we also need to think about the harm that we're potentially causing people by virtue of the lockdown. And we can't dispute the harm. The the, the impact on people is not to be, I I, I don't discount that, but those that's a false equivalency. You, you are suggesting that because of the damage that are being done to people's psyche, the, the damage to the economy, all of those things, which are very, very real, that that should then equate to a lifting of lockdown measures that are in place to try and limit the spread. I, let me ask you this. When the doctors come out and they present the modeling information and you hear all of this and you say, well, no, I don't believe any of it, what, what possible motive do you ascribe to the government and to our medical officials for telling us that it is a dire situation and yet you don't believe that to be true. I apologize. We seem to have lost the MPP because of uh, technical difficulties um, and I apologize for that. You're listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. In a January 15th tweet immediately following that interview, 6.40 a.m. radio show host Alan Carter tweeted, I can't be certain, but I think Mr. Baber hung up on me, which was immediately followed up by a tweet from Paul McKeever, quote, I'm surprised he put up with your rudeness for that long. A prediction is not data. His ICU numbers are published on the Ontario COVID website. Moreover, the issue isn't epidemiological, non-expert, it's ethical. He's on the right side of the ethical issue, you're not, end quote, and absolutely bang on. And as Paul pointed out to me in a recent conversation, bear in mind that Alan Carter invited Baber to his show, knowing exactly what he had to say. So, you know, there he goes through the trouble to invite him, knowing what he's going to say, and then has the nerve to question whether he should continue to allow him to speak on his show. And then then demands an apology along the way. You know, Alan Carter has less than zero credibility as far as I'm concerned. That was an attempted smear. And when Carter asked, are you trained as an epidemiologist, what would your background be that would lead you to believe you could interpret the numbers better than Dr. Brown? Well, that was a move of desperation. In calling upon expertise and authority, he completely ignored the fact that everybody on every side of the issue calls upon expertise and authority. What do you think all the censorship's about? The left doesn't want anyone to see or hear the expertise and authorities on the right because they can't win that debate. Alan Carter is among the social monsters we have to learn to identify. You know, the sociopaths. By calling concerns with damage to people's psyche and the damage to the economy a false equivalency, he is immorally justifying that these are okay prices for everyone to pay just to keep a lockdown in place to stop a constantly redefined virus that is hurting virtually no one in any meaningful sense. 
I'd like to hear how Carter would respond to the following letter received by Ontario Premier Doug Ford this past Monday on the 18th. And this letter is from Dr. Richard Shabas. And I quote, Dear Premier Ford, I served as Ontario's Chief Medical Officer of Health from 1987 to 1997. I helped train many current medical officers, including Dr. Williams, and was Chief of Staff at York Central Hospital during the 2003 SARS crisis. On January 15th, 2021, MPP Roman Baber sent you a public letter calling on your government to change the course on COVID. MPP Baber made five key points, and I believe he was correct on all five. First, models that predicted hundreds of thousands of deaths from COVID in Canada were badly wrong because they used incorrect, exaggerated inputs. Second, lockdown was never part of our planned pandemic response, nor is it supported by strong science. Third, there are significant costs to lockdowns, lost education, unemployment, social isolation, deteriorating mental health, and compromised access to health care. Fourth, in April, the government announced that it had added almost 1,500 critical care beds to cope with a COVID surge. Now, after nine months to prepare for the predictable resurgence of COVID, why do you have less ICU capacity than we had last April? Fifth, the government has resorted to fear-mongering to encourage compliance with lockdown. We need to change course. No one has all the answers. But the first step is to start asking the right questions. Mr. Baber deserves great credit for his courage in trying to open the discussion, end quote. So, everything that Alan Carter insisted was not true in his conversation with MPP Baber is actually true, at least according to another authority that Carter insisted would hold some weight with him. Once again, the mainstream media is the fake news reporter of the fake news written by our governments and bureaucracies. Sadly, the ignorance and false equivalencies regarding the value of individual lives that was displayed by Carter is reflected in the echoed opinions of many members of the public. That, of course, is largely a consequence of the mainstream media and others like Alan Carter spreading disinformation about COVID-19. They are the problem. Coming up next is a small sampling of such opinions as gathered on the public streets of Vancouver by Dan Dix of Press for Truth along with William on Got Dialogue back on January 15. But let me make it clear from the outset that both interviewers discovered that about 40% of the people they met on the streets were actually cognizant of the bigger picture going on, and they all rejected the COVID-19 pandemic as a scam. So really, that's kind of a bit of good news. However, the clips I have selected for today's display are only those from the people who are in favor of the lockdowns, and who clearly are lost souls when it comes to COVID-19. See if any of this sounds familiar to you. We're just curious today to get people's thoughts on the the current pandemic and specifically the government's response to it. Well, I think that considering the uh, situation and sort of the time space they had to uh, get things together, and they've done a pretty good job of it. I think we should do a lockdown like a more strict, uh, stricter lockdown. Oh, really? How so? Like, what would you uh, suggest to, what would be better? I think unless you're going out for essentials, you shouldn't be going out. And I think they should enforce stricter mask laws. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Aren't the holes in the mask a lot larger than the virus, though? So, it oh, could... It's not 100% protection, but 
it's actually protecting other people. Not, you're not protecting you. You're, you're trapping the particles for that, that, so they're not going into the air. Some people are, are, are starting to see it as a bit of a violation of their, their, their charter rights. I don't view it as violating my rights at all. I think they're violating my rights by not wearing a mask when I'm around. I, I think that my safety should come first for them. And they're being selfish by not wearing masks. Okay. Yeah. They're talking about the idea of having a curfew where you can't leave home now after 9 p.m. What, what would you think if that came to Vancouver? Would that be good or bad? Um, I think there would be some people who wouldn't like that, but I wouldn't have a problem with it. We're now into two weeks to flatten the curve was almost a year ago now. How, how far are we going to let this go? Well, I'm just waiting for my vaccine shot. Okay. Right. Yeah. Just we couldn't get our vaccine and, and shots. That's, that's the one issue I have with our government. I think the, the rollout of the actual shots is, is, is slower than I would have liked. I think they could they could expedite the, the uh, getting it into people's arms. That's the one part that, that I if I had to criticize, I'd criticize that part. If they were forcing everybody to be vaccinated, you'd be okay with that? I'd be totally okay with that. Just as long as it keeps everybody safe, like, of course. What about the people that don't want to be vaccinated, like, and, and the government, you know, breaking down their door and, and forcing them to into I camps I to get vaccinated? Happen. Yeah. What about that? When it comes to, like, breaking down people's doors, I, I think it's all about education and, like, educating people who don't really have the knowledge of, like, how it could benefit everybody, especially themselves, keeping them safe. Um, as long as, like, it's about educating everybody. Yeah, but, but after you educate them, they still refuse, and then you you have to force them to do whatever it is you want them to do, right? Yeah, I mean... So is that is that okay with you, or...? It's only a matter of time. There are a lot of health people in the United States who are refusing in the hospitals, refusing to get the vaccine. Well, that's because they're stupid. <laughs> they're dumb. That's well, this vaccine's being rushed out. It's an experimental thing. Are you willing to take the risk of an experimental vaccine for a virus with a 99.7 recovery rate? I think we should go. <laughs> but are you aware of that, though? The the 99% recovery rate, it's people over the age of 70 who are dying. Is this an anti-mask? Uh, I'm not anti-mask. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm pro-choice. Oh. You know, I want people to be able to choose to be able to wear a mask or not. I don't want anybody to have to force a mask on me. That's a violation of my rights. It's a, a health problem. That's kind of stupid. What's that? I have a health problem. So coming from a person who has a health condition, that's really stupid. The best possible outcome is that you're preventing someone else from getting sick you know the virus is a lot smaller than the holes in the mask the, the the holes in the mask are a certain size and the virus is a lot smaller than that so you're done yeah they just walked away i guess those facts are scary consider what we just heard the common thread to all the voices was the virtue signaling form of altruism which means they're all being totally selfish and exhibited zero concern for others. I don't view it as violating my rights at all. They're violating my rights by not wearing a mask when I'm around. I think my safety should come first for them. They're being selfish by not wearing masks for me. Boy, has he ever listened to himself? The only person he's thinking about is him, period. Selfish to the core, and then daring to call others selfish for doing the same thing he is. Only they're acting rationally selfish. They're not asking him to comply with their choices. His safety comes first, and anyone who disagrees should be forced to comply.
You see the problem here? Then there was the young girl. I'm totally okay with forced vaccination. We shouldn't break down the doors because it's all about education. You know, those people don't have knowledge. But after they're educated, we'll force them if they don't comply. <laughs> do, do you see the pure evil in that kind of thinking? I mean, why bother even pretending to educate anybody when it's all just a matter of time and they're going to comply anyway? I mean, if it's really an education you want, then try tuning into this show every week. They're stupid. They're dumb, says a young, dumb, stupid girl about America's frontline doctors, which includes world-renowned experts and doctors who have been having 100% success rates in treating their COVID patients. But this utterly ignorant young girl feels perfectly confident in calling such people stupid and dumb. People like her should never be given any control over people like the frontline doctors. Think about how evil that would be. And then when confronted with a 99% recovery rate, oh, I think we should go. <laughs> and it changes the subject to mask wearing. And, you know, here's that selfish altruism again. After being asked about the freedom not to wear a mask, here the girl says, I have a health problem, so that's effing stupid. Coming from a person who has a health condition, that's really effing stupid. It's all coming from her. She's the person with the health condition. And boy, does she have a health condition. The best possible outcome is that you're preventing someone else from getting sick. There's that fake altruism. And then they walk away when confronted with the mask fact, right? They think it's everybody else's responsibility to keep them from getting sick. It's not their responsibility. A completely inverted morality. You know, the big difference between those of us on the right and the people whose voices we just heard is that we're tolerant of their superstitions and religions about COVID-19, while they are intolerant of our rational and factual positions on COVID. And you know, I feel so sorry for those folks who say things like, just waiting for our vaccine shots. My main complaint about government is they should expedite that. Folks, give your head to shake. Listen to your own radios sometime. Vaccines are no cure for fascism. Mask wearing, social distancing, further forced vaccines, constant tracing and tracking are still on the agenda following any vaccinations. In fact, it's the vaccinations themselves, quote-unquote, which aren't, that demand the tracing and tracking because they are not vaccinations. They're experimental therapies, and who, who knows what they're for. But definitely they're not for COVID. So I pity the poor people who think that getting a vaccine will allow them to become free individuals again. The vaccine is not a vaccine. Moderna itself calls its concoction, quote, generic therapy technology, and it is entirely experimental. These experimental technologies are synthetic gene therapies. They are not vaccines as defined by statute. So to those of you who are okay with forced vaccination, you're not only my enemy, but you're your own worst enemy as well. Well, our time's running out, and I certainly can't wrap up the show without acknowledging that everything we've been talking about today is directly related to what is happening in the United States. There is a revolution going on right under our feet, and if you can't feel the earth shaking, then you're just not tuned into reality. But you can tune into reality and to reason by joining us again next week, when we will continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. Color into black and white Under the bedclothes Everything will be alright
Joining us for this last minute of our show is, is Dr. Morris Clayman, who is going to give me my, my flu shot. Uh, but, you know, what's, what's the rush? Perhaps we'd be interested in finding out um, what strains of flu you've isolated this year. Primarily Singapore, Rangoon, and Malayan. Would you roll up your sleeve, please? Uh, and uh, how do you suppose they traveled here? No idea. Roll up your sleeve. Couldn't have been there. A careless tourist. A, a baggage handler. A tainted walk. Dr. Crane, we're almost out of time. You do want to get that shot, don't you? Yes, yes. All right, first I'm just going to swab the area with a little alcohol, and then I'm going to give you the shot. There, that's done. Really? <laughs> oh, that didn't hurt at all. <laughs> this is the newly immunized Dr. Fraser Crane signing off. No, 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 that was just the alcohol. This is the needle. Ah!